everyone, and welcome to the Soul Anchor Podcast, where together we'll discover how to stay anchored in a storm and how to thrive. I've invited some friends that I deeply admire and whose authentic stories will encourage you to embrace hope when the waves crash. These are friends who have navigated some fairly deep waters of unthinkable circumstances and they've arrived back on shore resilient and strong. I'm your host, Cynthia Cavanaugh, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Anchor Podcast. And I'm so glad you're here this week as we are sharing our December together. And it's already December 7th, and I can hardly believe that. And you know, I always record the anchor thoughts the day before. I kind of pray and think about and ask God what He wants me to share. So I was kind of waiting for the last part of the day to be able to do this because as you can hear my voice sounds a little bit different as we had some family who shared some wonderful little germs from the little two-year-old to all of us and unbeknownst right but it's okay I'm here and doing well it's just my voice is a little bit scratchy today so I hope that you'll bear with me but this morning I woke up and we had some snow on the ground and it made it seem just a little more festive for Christmas. You know, I turned on my Christmas lights on the tree and finally got my tree up and the twinkly lights and just kind of fun to sit and read and look outside the window at the snow. But how are you doing with the idea of restoring your soul during this busy season? Are you taking time for yourself to step back and enjoy the wonder of Christmas and also taking time just for yourself as well Um, and not getting too caught up in the task to sit and read and meditate and reflect on the wonders of Christmas. And you know, last week, Kathy Howard, I interviewed Kathy Howard, who's the author of a new book called Heirloom, and she encouraged us with creating some meaningful moments with our families or with our friends that will have lasting influence with those that we love. And I think that is what we might all hope for at Christmas. You know, we have this idyllic, you know, kind of hallmark moment of Christmas traditions that would create security and the space of the familiar. And even in the middle of the busy and even sometimes crazy ticking things off of our list, we long for those moments that bring us delight and joy. But if we look back to the very first Christmas, it was anything but familiar. And we know this, but I think it's just good to remind us that, you know, it wasn't familiar and there wasn't a lot of tradition that brought security and stability surrounding the birth of Christ. It was anything but that. And yet God sent his messenger angels to proclaim the good news that the coming Messiah would upend the world and that his birth would bring joy. Are you experiencing God's joy right now in the moment as you're stopping and listening to this day? Are you are you finding those moments and just kind of treasuring those things in your heart as Mary did, as we know when she heard about that she was going to be the mother of Jesus? And to be honest with you, the past few days have been a little bit extra stressful for me. As I mentioned, I caught a little cold 
had to work through some relationship misunderstandings in my family, and my joy was kind of teetering. And it was threatening to keep me from doing just that, for God to restore my soul, to kind of be still in Him. So you know what I did? I did something totally opposite of what I normally practice or do. And I took a bubble bath. And I have to say, I never do this. In fact, I don't even like to take bubble baths, but I was enticed when I was shopping at Costco last week by a bubble bath um, on an end cap. It's brilliant strategy for shopping, for shoppers. Um, it had lavender and chamomile, and I thought, wow, that's a big stress reducer, and maybe I can calm myself down to restore my soul so I can recapture my joy. And it did just that, actually. I felt really good after, and I thought, hmm, I should try this more often. So for those of you that are like me that don't particularly care for those, I encourage you, give it a shot. But anyway, it's easy sometimes to wrap Jesus' birth up in a nice, tidy little package, right? After all, he had angels in his story, so it can seem kind of magical and wonderful when we hear the familiar story, but when we do listen and actually read the story, we know that there was, first of all, there was no room in the inn. Mary was not in her hometown. Poor Mary had to travel several months, being several months pregnant on the back of a donkey for the census that the government required for them to visit the land of their, the city of their birth. Joseph had to go to Bethlehem and he needed to bring his wife. And then we know that she had to give birth in a stable outside of her familiar environment, way outside, probably with people she didn't know, maybe midwives that, you know, we, we don't know the situation. We totally, we just, scripture doesn't give us all those details, but we do know that she gave birth in a stable, probably with animals nearby. And there was also a raggle taggle band of shepherds who barged in to see Jesus without the parents' invitation. And all this could create create stress personified. And on top of that, knowing when we read in scripture that Jesus' family genealogy wasn't exactly neat and tidy either. But his birth, the promise of hope, as the angel said to her, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. That encapsulated into joy, personified joy above what we could even imagine. And, you know, it really didn't matter at that point all the peripheral information surrounding his birth because this was the promise fulfilled, the longing and anticipating of the Savior that had been prophesied for hundreds of years, the Redeemer and Restorer of all things. And honestly, all the noise of Christmas family problems we may have, our history, our troubles, they can overshadow our joy and we miss out on the good news. Now, I'm not telling you anything new. I'm not telling you anything profound. But I think sometimes we have a little bit of spiritual amnesia. I know that I do. And I forget and I allow those things in my life to overshadow my own joy and really settle down in the security of God's word and knowing the story and the promise of the hope of Jesus coming to earth. And I was reminded of this last week at church when our pastor was brave and bold enough to tackle a very difficult part of scripture 
to give us the bigger picture of surrounding Jesus' birth. And he took us to Matthew 1, and in particular, Matthew 1, 1 to 17, that we tend to skip over. And we just head right on over to Luke 2, reading the Christmas story. But Matthew 1, those first 17 verses, lists the 14 generations from Abraham to King David, and then 14 more generations from King David to Israel being carried off into captivity to Babylon, and then another 14 years from their return to Israel and then to the birth of Christ. So that was several generations. Our pastor reminded us that Jesus' family history was anything but perfect. It was messy to the max. And if you dig deep into his genealogy, you might say, whoa, this makes my family tree look like a picnic. Well, there was problems from the start, from lying, deception, significant idol worship, to adultery, and to prostitutions, to more deceptions, to family abuse, and everything on the list you can nearly think about that would land in a family tree was in the lineage of Jesus. So what does this mean for us? I think it means that joy does not come from perfection. Even good news, the good news of Jesus' birth, knowing his history, that this is the line, this is the lineage that God had planned for him to come from, shows me that the Jesus kind of joy that we have doesn't come from perfection. It comes from the middle of our mess, and joy comes from the good news of the promise of the Messiah, Jesus. So our joy can rise to the top. What am I saying here is that, you know, understanding and knowing this, you know, it was so encouraging on Sunday when I was listening to this. And on top of that, pastor is brilliant. He actually quoted from memory with anecdotes in between of the whole genealogy. And it just really sunk in that we have something to be excited about. We have, we can have such incredible joy because God comes to us in in our own brokenness and he he comes cuz he understands cuz he knows because that was the lineage of Jesus of imperfect people and how we can have joy knowing that Christ is our hope and so joy can rise to the top despite our strapped budgets maybe despite our unruly relatives that might show up at our doorstep on Christmas our loss of maybe our hopes and our dreams or grieving of significant loss this year or significant grieving over once what was, our joy can rise to the top if we let it. So in our anchor thoughts today, I want to give you some practical ways to capture your joy between now and Christmas. So the first thing is we have to choose joy, okay? We, you know, it just doesn't happen. Joy is not an emotion that comes natural to us. I think as human beings that we tend to look at the dark side of things at times. And I know there are some people that we would say that they look at the glass always half full and not half empty. But I think when life overtakes us and overwhelms us, it's easy to get discouraged. And joy is not the easiest thing that we reach for. But I love what James says. James says in chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, 
when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I love that because it says, consider it all joy. In other words, take note of it. Be aware of joy, especially when you're having a hard time. That's really what James is saying here is that that this testing of our faith, the things that we're encountering are going to produce steadfastness. Now, steadfastness isn't something we really go shopping for, is it? It's not something that we really want to work on because if we know the path to steadfastness often comes with suffering and hardship. But what James is saying here is that we can choose joy. We can because it will complete us as we rest in that. And I often have described this joy when we choose it. It's not choosing that, oh, we can be so happy that these things are happening in our life or that we're suffering. But that joy of the emotion of joy, I think, is just resting in Jesus and knowing that he has everything under control and that we can have joy. We can rest in that and he can give us even the feeling of joy as we rest in him. And even if we don't make a choice about what our emotions are dictating to us, we can choose joy. And I've never forgotten, I've learned as a teenager, is that if I reign in my emotions, my mentors would tell me, if if I just tell my emotions that they need to be in control, <laughs> I need to practice that self-control, that if I choose joy, eventually they will follow. Eventually those hard emotions that I'm having, I'm struggling with of falling into the discouragement and sadness over what's happening in my life, that if I choose joy, that those that emotion, that feeling of joy will follow. And I've really found that to be true. The second way to choose joy, to capture our joy between now and Christmas is to choose to see the wonder in the little things. And I don't know what that means for you, but Saturday night I decided that um, I would go to the tree lighting ceremony in Blaine where I live and this little town that I live in. And it was just a wonderful, they did such a great job and I posted some pictures on Facebook and a couple people said it looks like something out of a Hallmark movie and honestly I didn't think of it as that but as I got home and thought there was celebrating in the wonder I mean as I watched the little kids you know look at the lights and there was a bonfire where people could get warm and there's Christmas carols being sung and there was the local um, store that was offering free hot cider and cookies and and then, you know, running into some friends and watching the joy of their three little girls enjoying the evening and the the horse-drawn carriage, you know, decked out with lights and Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus coming down and greeting the crowds. And it was just, you know, it was just a really special night. There was nothing really necessarily spiritual about it. Like, you know, they didn't quote the Christmas story or anything. There was some Christmas carol sung. But it was just capturing the joy in the moment of the celebration of what Christmas is all about. So choose to see the wonder in the little things. You know, maybe there's a tree lighting ceremony in your town or singing carols. What events or a funnel Christmas movie that stirs those things up for you. Or I think oftentimes a wonderful way is to 
choose joy is seeing it through the eyes of a child. The wonder of children at Christmas time is something that I just love to focus on. And then the third thing to choose to capture our joy is, you know, one of the things we can do is volunteer at our church or maybe volunteer at a food bank or take a meal to a neighbor that you know is by themselves or having a hard time or bring some cookies or volunteer at a toy drive you know, maybe that your community's doing. And that can bring joy, just kind of pull us out of maybe what we're experiencing by choosing to serve others. And the and along with that, of course, is choosing to reach out to those in our families, in our friends in need by, you know, sending a, a card. I mean, even if you don't send Christmas cards, honestly, I don't know if I'm going to be sending cards this year, but um, just sending one or two cards to some people that you want to encourage that maybe have had a hard year and choosing to reach out. And then the last thing is choosing kindness for yourself. Choosing to be kind to yourself, giving yourself room to experience uh, Christmas and maybe simplifying a little bit more and um, letting the words of Christmas, the words of Jesus, the words of his word, the promises and the hope of God's word and choosing to reflect on that every single day in some intentional way and letting the words of God in the beauty of the season wash over your heart and spirit. And I guarantee you that just helps to restore our souls and realize that the good news is for all of us, even in our brokenness, even in our mess. The good news is for all of us. It's not just for a few. It's for you. It's for me. And that is where we can rediscover our joy. So I want to invite you that it's not too late to join the Seeking Joy Advent journey as well. And this is a way to kind of to keep accountable and and to kind of, you know, help to capture our joys by doing something together. So if you don't aren't doing anything for Advent, I am doing uh, this Seeking Joy journey um, every day between now and Christmas Eve, and we're reading a chapter from the book of Luke every single day. We have a Facebook group where we're doing some interaction, we're doing some giveaways, we're going to have a Christmas party, a Zoom Christmas party on December 20th. We're reading through uh, a book by Christine Trimp called Seeking Joy Through the Gospel of Luke. And so I just invite you, if that sounds fun to you and something that might help you recapture joy, just to head on over to um, my webpage, CynthiaCavanaugh.com, and look for the banner at the top that says Seeking Joy Journey, and you can sign up for that and just jump right in. And so let me pray with you as we close our time together um, this week of choosing joy. We want to choose joy. We're going to choose to see the wonder in the little things. We're going to choose possibly to volunteer or do something in our community choose to reach out to our family and friends and neighbors in need, and then choosing kindness for ourselves, as we ask God to restore our souls. So Father, just thank you so much for the beauty of your word and those little hidden places, even in difficult passages like genealogies. Who wants to read those? But to know when we really understand who those people are, that they were real people, just like us. They had real families. They had hardship in their families. They had brokenness in their families. And yet this is the lineage, God, that you chose your son, Jesus, to be 
come from, from the brokenness and the mess, to bring redemption and to bring hope and to bring promise, Lord, that we might see that that um, you have come for all, that the good news is for all of us. And so I pray for all my listeners, wherever they're at, on their joy meter scale, whether they're, they're doing well or whether they're really struggling, God, I pray that you would give them exactly what they need in their moment. And I pray too that you would give them moments in the season of wonder, God, that they could just kind of soak in for a moment and see a breath of heaven of how much you love them and how much you're there for them and how much you care about what's going on in their life and that they are not alone. And so, God, we choose joy today. We choose joy because we can and because you have made it possible for us by your spirit to choose joy. And so we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Soul Anchor Podcast. Grab a friend and join our community at thesoulanchor.com. You'll receive resources from time to time to help you through your personal storm. If you've been encouraged today, would you please consider leaving a review, subscribing, or sharing this podcast? I would ever be so grateful. Until next time, remember, you're not alone, God is for you, and you will get through this.